0: Hey guys, this is Tony with Sunnyside Sober. I hope you're as excited as I am for this, because I'm fucking amped. So get your cereal, get your Cinnamon Toast Crunch, get your Lucky Charms, get your Fruity Loops, buckle in, because this is the fucking Breakfast Rock Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Breakfast Rock Podcast, I am your co-host Tony, and I'm Derek, and we are happy to be back again.
1: That's right, always happy when I make it to Tuesdays when we record this every night on Tuesdays, usually depending, I guess, on other factors. Tuesdays seem to be... Depending on the situation. Yeah, (laughs) Tuesdays.
0: We got a good one tonight though. We got we got a pretty good episode. I um, we got a I'm going to say we got a lovely episode because the We do have a the... lovely
1: episode. We have a lovely episode because I feel like it's almost a redemption episode. Oh yeah? Yeah. Um you know, there sometimes there's bands you send them to your friends. You're like, "Hey man, you're going to love this." you're You're hoping that they're going to think it's really cool, but sometimes they don't think it's so cool and The band we're talking about today is kind of one of those bands for you. I sent you this band, and you were not super into it initially no, but now you've given them a second chance, and the the turns have tabled The turns have tabled indeed. Yeah, I mean, honestly though, I
0: I'll be honest with you, this is trial number two, trial number three, but this time it was pretty good. But we'll get to that later. Well, well, well. How the turntables. Yeah. Let's start off with this. How 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 was your week? Pretty good oh, week. Oh man.
1: Well, yeah, I had a I had a good week. I mean, NFL football's back. All my players are damaged irreparably for the year. Um, if you are a football fan. That means bad. <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, other than that, I uh, I did do something interesting this weekend. I tried the Rocks tequila. Oh, okay. And I don't know if you've heard of this, it's called Terramana. And, you know, before I came in town and saw you a few weeks ago, um, I stopped by this massive liquor store in Kentucky. And there was a person that was like specifically looking for Terramana and I had never had it. Okay. And I thought it was just going to be something absurdly, insanely ridiculous, but it was like $20 at my local grocery store. And I am by no means like a tequila um, expert, like not even in the slightest. But this tequila was really, really smooth ooh, and problematic. <laughs> no lime and salt Definitely. Needed. Definitely. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No. Not even chilled. Kind of reminds me of Mezcal, man. That that stuff's sweet. You ever had Mezcal? I uh, probably have. Yep. It's good stuff.
0: I can't tell you what a relief it is, though. I took a year off from Fantasy Football this year, so... I am just currently betting on the lines with my dad and just watching the game. So I'll be back, but I don't know. I just took
1: a little break. Yeah, you know, you're not the only guy that I've heard that's that's doing that this year. And there's a lot of uncertainties with COVID. So, you know, people who don't like uncertainties, it makes sense. Don't Don't play the game. For sure. You know, just kind of seeing how other sports have gone for me, it's given me at least the confidence to want to participate. From a like a covid perspective, but with a physical game like football um I don't know there's there's just been a lot of hurt players, so yeah, we'll just have to see how it goes, maybe I buy some more Terramana. This isn't an ad, maybe it could be <laughs> dwayne the Rocket Johnson, if you're listening. I'm just always gonna like call out these way too famous people. Yeah, I feel like we do that quite a bit. Hopefully one of them is listening one time. Just in case. Somewhere down the road. Dwayne The Rock Johnson happens to be
0: walking past a car who's listening to our podcast and their windows are down (laughs) and it's loud enough to where Dwayne can hear this.
1: Dane, oh, you fucked us. uh, You just killed our
0: Terramana. I went on a roll there and totally fucked that one up.
1: Our Terramana is... I mean, we're never getting that sponsorship. (laughs) Thanks, Tony. You done goofed. Sorry. Better luck next time. But yeah, so that was the gist of my weekend. How was yours? Pretty good,
0: honestly. Spent some time with family. And uh, that was pretty much it. (laughs) I didn't actually do any work early this weekend. It was kind of nice. That's really nice. All right, you want to talk about the new releases? We might as well give the people what they uh, came here
1: to listen to, right? Yeah, if that's why they're here let's do it (laughs) right why are you here tell me all right let's
0: move on dm the twitter at at breakfast underscore rock why are you here (laughs) 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 let's talk about the new releases um only album on the list we got for you is knuckle puck they released 2020 on the 18th of september i checked out a little bit of it It. Sounds like Knuckle Puck, but I mean, if you're a fan,
1: give it a listen. Why not? Support the band. I don't have anything to add to that. Pop punk, pop punk. You like pop punk? You want some pop punk? Shoot the pop punk in your veins. Knuckle Punk. Knuckle Punk, pop punk. Boom. You'll love it.
0: <laughs> Let's highlight a couple EPs here. Mayday Parade announced out of here is coming out October 16th, which uh, that's okay. All, all right. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You like it's Pop on the radar. Punk? Put that pop punk into your pop punk veins. <laughs> Mayday Parade. Mayday Pop Punk. Pop Punk. I love it's it. Pop Punk Popcorn Jamboree. <laughs>
0: nice released a new single, Free Earl. Uh I threw this in here personally. I don't think Derek's a big fan of the band Nice, but some somehow some way I've become really into them lately. So I felt the need to add them to this list because I really enjoy that. Is
1: it Is it nice, or is it nice? It's
0: nice. They have nice little breakdowns in there, and some great guitar work.
1: Is it nice? Like, you know, it could be Russell Wilson, or it could be Mr. Unlimited. I think it's like, nice. Oh. Like, nice. Like Borat. Or like,
0: they're nice. (laughs) That's how I think of it. So, free Earl by... Nice! If you're going to check him out on Spotify, N-I-I-I-C-E, period. Nice! Bring, bring <laughs> me your tears. I will look upon your treasures.
1: <laughs> Do not shapeshift on me, Gypsy. What a classic. He's got a second
0: one coming out, by the way. It's already done. Next yeah, up... Yeah, That's <laughs> insane. Pup pup, uh, announced they're releasing a new EP, which this is probably the most exciting piece, I think, as far as singles go, because they released a single called Rot from that EP, but they're putting out a new EP, and it's called This Place Sucks Ass, and yes, that is the real
1: name. (laughs) This Place Sucks Ass. What a great name for an album. That's
0: supposed to come out October 23rd of 2020.
1: What I really like about that album is that it took, like, definitely more than one person collectively to approve that like four or more guys got together and they were like this place sucks ass that's the name of this album oh yeah for sure and they were like yep yep it's true yep <laughs> and they were like so that's the album name this place sucks ass who is their label right now Oh, I'm not
0: sure. Rise Records is what Morbid stuff came off of. I don't know. I was just curious.
1: It could still be Rise. I mean, um, their singer was, they were doing things uh, on like a pretty national, international level. I mean, they're from uh, Canada. Yeah. I think they have like a medium to smaller size label. For sure. So that's probably where they're, they're still at. But their their singer was doing things out of his van, like he was doing van videos and stuff.
0: I saw that during the quarantine. He was just parking yeah. in a parking
1: lot. No, I think it was just outside his apartment. He said something like his apartment was too small. To oh, yeah, in. the
0: neighbors were getting pissed off, I think. He said the noise
1: level. Yeah. He got
0: noise complaints.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he was just taking a van and parking it in a parking lot and recording videos. So That's great. That gives you any indication on the, you know, the label support of the industry right now. Super pop, um, super pop, I feel pumped, like it's dude. a good one. Yeah.
0: I fucking love pop. What, I mean, it's so, I'm not, we're not going to dive too much into that. I just want to say this. We were so lucky to catch them at Firebird that time with like 40 or 50 people. It was amazing.
1: Oh yeah. Never, never will happen again. No. And listening to Rob, their new single, what a fantastic break. Oh yeah. For sure I mean if you're So like One of the arguments I think Against bands like Pup Is that it's a lot of noise mm-hmm. And noise is fun when you're there And it's live But noise isn't always fun When it's you know in your car So Listening to Rot It's a lot of noise But when you get to the bridge It's Very musical Very heavy Very cool
0: for sure, yeah. They 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 got a nice little thrashy sound. They pack a they pack like a such a heavy sound. I feel like in like a small gate. I don't know how to describe it. Like that's how I think of it. I don't I don't know how to the, the riffs and and the tones, the way they mesh. It it's all great. I love
1: it. I have no complaints about Pup. I mean, seeing them live, listening listening to them, you know, on the records sounds great i i've definitely been to those shows in the past where you listen to someone on a record and it's so overproduced that their live performance just doesn't even compare um pop's not one of those bands so everything that you get on the record you're gonna get live and i respect the shit out of that and i'm excited to hear this new ep on that note it is a little interesting to me i feel like we're getting a lot of eps out of this year in yeah. 2020 a lot of surprise EPs that maybe we wouldn't have gotten had quarantine right not been a thing and i haven't really decided if that's a good or bad thing yet i haven't decided if it's proactive or just kind of a result of a struggling music industry what do you think
0: um i'm going to say that it's a good thing in the sense that because of the situation labels aren't selling shit right now it's just i mean as far as like the music goes they're not the industry is not doing well so i feel like um the artists like are able to basically basically be more creative like be in their own zone and less uh less pressure from like hey you got to put this music out or you got to meet this deadline or hey you're about to go on tour like i feel like it might be a good thing it's putting them in a good space you know
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely from like an artistic space, I feel like we're getting some cool, unique stuff. You know, Um, it is disappointing to think about the fact that there might have been projects that were uh, intended to come out this year that unfortunately weren't going to come out uh, because of quarantine. Foo Fighters. He said the album's done. I don't think he ever said it was coming out, but damn it, COVID. He did say it was done, but touring makes the money. Records yeah. don't make the money anymore. Do
0: you think we see Taylor Swift's folk album without quarantine, or is that still planned? Oh, man. Great question. What a blessing. I'm glad you turned me on to that.
1: What a great question. And I don't know if you watched, it's not on our itinerary, but she did a performance of Betty live. Doesn't have to be on the, the itinerary, dude music awards (laughs) i recorded it baby i was there (laughs) is that the acmas
0: yeah i believe so i don't remember what award show it was but i did watch that hell yeah
1: i want to i want to double check and make sure that i'm saying what a
0: selection though it's funny how we both fell in love with the song betty and which is great i mean that's probably the best song on the album first one he showed me too but the fact that that was the one she did live i was like no way like this maybe it's her most popular song i haven't really been paying attention to the numbers but what a song to pick i mean that was like i remember seeing the video like pop up on my timeline i was like no way she did betty
1: i was a little bit surprised okay it was the it was the academy of country music awards okay so that was where i was messing up still great um, pick great I, something performance. felt weird to me but yeah um really really cool that she chose that song and you're uh, you and I are on the same page. I don't know if that's one of her more popular songs. I like to believe that it is cuz I think it's the best song that she's ever written. But also kind of surprising that that was a song selected for a country music award show because yeah. it's got- I know that Taylor Swift's roots are in country, but that's not a country song. Right. And it it kind of had that It's not even close it kind of had that dixie chicks which that's kind of a reference to
0: later in the show but it kind of had that dixie chicks feel to the songwriting um like the song style i'll tell you why later i see you giving me that look
1: no i'm not giving you oh, a look okay. i'm looking at my computer screen <laughs> perfect <laughs>
0: i was like oh shit
1: but i am curious to hear your rationale
0: yeah for sure well no it's not my rationale it's something i something i came across in my research
1: but ah uh. Yeah, it's really stolen rationale. hmm Exactly.
0: But it's it puts it puts it into perspective, so.
1: Yeah, no. Cool. Um, you know, for me, it was a really great performance regardless. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to see Taylor Swift's live performances kind of progress. This is something me and my wife discussed. My wife is a mega Taylor Swift fan. Like mega. Taylor Swift fan and I have such a hard time getting her to be like objective about music I don't know if it's just like a I don't want to say something that's wrong or offensive or whatever but she kind of even admitted that there have been times where she's watched Taylor Swift's live performances and there have been poor performances vocally yeah every artist and has those yeah, and you know, that that stuff's going to happen, and you know, it's it's very respectable that she is doing these performances live, where a lot of artists have kind of, for, for a very long time, just decided that they weren't going to do that anymore, maybe TV stations told them that they couldn't, whatever, but whatever the situation is, Taylor Swift is doing it live, and she sounded great, What she and, did Betty.
0: And well, yeah, live and well. I I'm not I don't maybe I'm over exaggerating but that was really good.
1: It was one of the best Taylor Swift performances that I've I've seen from her. I know that there wasn't as much flash, you know, like there might have been really really cool to have the spotlight on the harmonica player just have Taylor Swift playing and with an acoustic guitar. Uh, I mean that's music at its purest level and it was so 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 cool to see so much respect for her for doing it that way another funny thing I
0: want to point out is the TV version the cut version for TV instead of yeah. Would you tell me to go fuck myself? I forgot what she said, but she always smiled during that part.
1: To go straight to hell, yeah, go straight to hell. And that's in the that's in the. So she has two versions of the album. Okay, there is a uh, edited version. That's what she says in the edited version. So it was definitely something that is already out there and available. I don't listen. My to My wife edit, listens dude. to the edited version. Oh wow! So that's why I knew that. Not on. Not intentionally yet. I don't think she really cares one way or another. It was no just the version she was used to. Used to.
0: My mom said I could
1: listen to explicit. So, yeah. I remember when I bought Nellyville <laughs> back when I was eleven. Oh my, my god! Son, I was like, wait a minute. My <laughs> uh,
0: my mom. I made my mom go to. I went to Target. I got because she was happening. She had to go there to get some things for the house. And I specifically was like, I want to buy Nellyville. I had done cut the grass, save my allowance, whatever and i got the edited version and i listened
1: oh. my aunt
0: my aunt had the explicit version my aunt was a lot younger than my mom and my my other aunts and uncles but she had the explicit version and i would listen to
1: her version and i was like this isn't what i got <laughs> so now taylor swift is the nelly of our generation uh, is that what i'm hearing no that's the connection i'm making <laughs> Taylor Swift is the Nelly of our generation, quote, Tony Medina. Quote, what? (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't say that. that. You said that. So let's move on. It's definitive.
0: (laughs) Let's move on. We got one more thing to highlight as far as the singles go. And this is more of an, this is an EP. Jeff Rosenstock released only on Bandcamp.com. He released Dump, which basically is just a collection of songs he's been writing because he's been at home a lot, like most artists. And he says that he's going to release more of them, and I'm pretty excited because I'm a big Jeff Rosenstock fan. I I think he does a lot of good stuff. Nothing that blows you away, but he's also really good friends with Pup and a lot of guys like that. So I just I, I like Jeff because of that. Jeff, we're on a first name basis.
1: Yeah, me and Jeff, we go way back. No, it's cool, man. And it and it does. It kind of just ties back into the question: Will we get all these things? right had these artists not been at home is is being on the road um uh, restricting songwriting to <laughs> an extent
0: would mgk be a pop punk artist we're here asking <laughs> MGK, the real questions folks
1: i saw a, an interesting video of mgk meeting blink 182 and like talking to tom about Aliens and UFOs and stuff kind of make its rounds back through the internet this past week. And Travis Barker is now playing drums on his record and helping produce his record. So crazy. Crazy to see how, how those things can turn around. Networking is amazing, kids.
0: Networking. It's great. It's great, folks.
1: All right. I just want to talk
0: about, I just want to mention this briefly, not briefly, but it's pretty cool. Weezer and Fall Out Boy faced off on Celebrity Family Feud. And I mean, we grew up with those bands, so that had to be mentioned, one. And two, I'm really excited to watch that episode. I think Seth Green, Seth Green also guest starred with Fall Out Boy on their team, if I read correctly.
1: Uh, What a nostalgia trip. Seth Green? Right. (laughs) Love you, Seth Green. What happened to you? Dr. Evil's son. He was Eric Foreman's nemesis in that 70s show. That one episode. He wanted to. Well, no, he was in there for a lot of episodes now that I think about it. But wow! Nostalgia trip. (laughs) Yes. And I saw Rivers Cuomo facing off against Pete Wentz at some point. Yeah. Cool. Um, I love Celebrity Family Feud. Family Feud is one of my guilty pleasure shows. Celebrity Family Feud has been really interesting to me just this year. It's on Hulu, but they remove some of the old episodes sometimes. Mm-hmm. I told you before we started this podcast, like, old Queer Eye, new Queer Eye did an episode together. I thought that was really interesting. Um... RuPaul's Drag Race did an episode that I found really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um super entertaining, super fun. I just watched an episode and it was like Terry Bradshaw versus uh one of the Olympic ice skaters from the last winter Olympics. Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, and Terry <laughs> Terry Bradshaw and I guess Terry Bradshaw and uh, Steve Harvey are are friends, so they were they were having an amazing time. And Terry Bradshaw's family look like looks nothing like Terry Bradshaw. It's like all these uh, blonde girls with like I don't know. You look at Terry Bradshaw, and Terry Bradshaw. Just like <laughs> you look,
0: you see Terry Bradshaw, and then you see his family, and you're like, that's you not see, Terry Bradshaw. You see
1: Terry Bradshaw's family, you're like, wait a minute, what? All these girls look nothing like you, Terry Bradshaw. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> what a goofball. Terry Bradshaw. I don't know.
1: It's weird to see Terry Bradshaw. And I know I'm getting off topic, but it's weird to see Terry Bradshaw doing that show because I feel like he reminds me of my dad and every dad I've ever met. Just like this normal dude who's like complaining. He's like hyper competitive and complaining about the rules of celebrity family feud. and. <laughs> To his credit it was one of the worst like polls of all time as far as answers go but I love that show and I'm excited to see Fall Out Boy and Weezer go head to head because I mean those two bands have done probably the best job of staying relevant
0: Oh, yeah, In for sure. In comparison
1: to all the other pop punk bands. Their
0: marketing team, whatever's going on, the label, who, whoever's doing that, you guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. And But I'm still going to listen to Take This to Your Grave from Fall Out Boy.
1: Yeah, new Fall Out Boys. I'm happy to see they're it's still just successful.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm happy to see them doing what they're doing. You can't be the same band forever, so...
1: Just real quick on that note, did you happen to catch Monday night football yesterday? Uh, I did not. I I was watching
0: it on and off, but uh I know that Breeze is uh needs to go and he's old.
1: The only reason <laughs> that I asked is not football related. The Killers did the halftime show. No way. They did Mr. Brightside for the halftime show and... um ESPN Monday Night Football has been doing this for a while where they they do a halftime show, but it always feels like it is those bands from like the mid to late 2000s. Come back. And like I remember last year they did Good Charlotte on one of the nights or something like that, but they did The Killers and it was Mr. Brightside. And it was weird to see. I've never seen The Killers singer before. He kind of looks like if Adam Scott and Zachary Quinto had a baby. <laughs> and he looks so young, and it's just, um, it was interesting. It was cool, but I didn't know if you had caught that.
0: Was Newfound Glory and not another teen movie, or is that is that a uh, good? That Charlotte? was Good
1: Charlotte. That's Good Charlotte. Okay, yeah, that's a good. Charlotte.
0: Two things on the Family Feud thing though that I wanted to say. First, Terry Bradshaw. I hope he wakes up every morning and is thankful for that defense he had. That's all I'm saying on that topic.
1: Wow. Second, Terry Bradshaw is the man. How if you got you. to pick
0: a celebrity Family Feud episode, Derek gets to pick one. You got two bands. Well, this is a rock show, you know—pop, punk, 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 whatever. What what okay. two bands would you want to see face off? Oh man! Sorry to kind of—I mean, I just.
1: Oh, throw it I out like there. it. No, I like it. It's spicy. <laughs> um. Okay. Two bands going head to head. Head to head. Um, do I do dead people get to play?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say if you want to stick with that era, like the Fall Out Boy that era, but if you want to do you know whatever,
1: oh, that's fine that too. Era, yeah, that I was era. gonna
0: say keep it kind of like.
1: Okay, yeah, I can do DIY, that
0: pop, punk. I mean, you could even do, like, yeah. Mom Jeans versus uh, My Chemical no, Romance if you wanted I to. See That's an example, the,
1: but... Here's what I want to see. I want to see New Found Glory versus Blink-182.
0: <laughs> That's so funny.
1: Blink-182 is going to win on comedy, but New Found Glory is going to win on energy. So... Yeah, agreed. <laughs> who's going to really be the winner? I don't <laughs> know. You... Oh, man... Those two bands for me defined like the two sides of pop punk. You had this, this side of pop punk that was like com- comedy and just having fun and letting loose. And then you had this other side of pop punk that was like kind of doing things heavier and more energetic. And both those bands, I feel like, spread things from themselves. And for me, they're, they're really the two starting points of pop punk modern pop punk
0: Okay, okay.
1: You want to hear mine? No. Okay, yeah, go ahead.
0: <laughs> That's good. I thought like, I I like here. Let me honorable mention real quick. I was going to say Good Charlotte vs. Simple Plan originally. Ooh. Because for That's... me when I was younger, they were like the, the same, not the same, but like it was like rivalry in my head. I don't know why, yeah. but you know, how no, you wear that's it?
1: yeah, that's like this the mental capacity that I had as a child. It's like <laughs> here is the two versions of pop punk: Good Charlotte and Simple Plan, for sure. And then as I got older, I I feel like both those bands were just they were maybe a branch off of Blink One Eighty Two. Like, what is the darker version and mm-hmm. what's the lighter version?
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: You know who else I'd like to see? I don't know. I'm scared now. That was that was a good pick.
0: Story of the year and Ludo.
1: Ooh. The St. Louis Showdown. St. <laughs> Louis Showdown. Story of the Year in Ludo. Story of the Year and got way bigger than Ludo ever did, though.
0: They both are releasing they both well, Story of the Year just released new music. Ludo's releasing new music as of today, which is fucking did awesome. Story of the
1: Year released new music? Well, I'm
0: talking about wolves, like there's something recent.
1: Uh, what I was getting at is okay. you got,
0: you know, we can compare the two, but also a, maybe a match of Family Feud. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that was something really cool to see. Tim Convey. Yeah. On Twitter. Said something about it. he's really excited about the new Ludo music and, you know, they've been dropped. They went to a really big label, Island Records. They released two full lengths off there. They were on late-night talk shows. Yeah. um, Really big national tours. Had songs and records that charted. Obviously, things didn't ultimately pan out for the long term. But um, cool to see that they're still at it.
0: We'll have to definitely get to a Ludo album. And Story of the Year, too. Well, we've actually done one in the past, but... That recording's probably gone now. We should probably redo that eventually. Story of the Year. Yeah, Yeah. Page Page Avenue.
1: Yeah, I'll always talk about Story of the Year with you. Ludo, what a band, though, man.
0: Tim Convey, he's the keys in the band, right?
1: That's right. You know what I find really fascinating about Ludo? I don't know a lot about their personal history but it felt like they they kind of had their own little group of bands that kind of followed them maybe their own like sub label or something like that mm-hmm. It's like Tommy and the High Pilots and um, Building Rome were kind of always playing shows with Ludo and Tommy and the High Pilots eventually changed their name they became Beta Play and Building Rome eventually just kind of um, fizzled out unfortunately mm-hmm. but they were all on, like, Redbird records together.
0: Ludo was obviously the front front runner of that.
1: Yeah, there was some cool stuff. You know, it was like, I think the guitarists of Ludo had done some work on the Building Rome record, and I think that Tommy and the High Pilots was kind of like an offshoot of them. But, you know, I I was able to see Ludo and Tommy and the High Pilots do a show together and was really impressed with Tommy and the high pilots. Uh, obviously had a great time at the Ludo show, very theatrical. But, um, sometimes it's like a, an interesting casualty of when bands like Ludo fail, um, Redbird records. I, I don't know that that necessarily exists anymore. I, I don't know if it ever really existed in the capacity that you would consider a normal record label but Right,
0: it could just be a collection of bands.
1: Right. So um you you wonder kind of like how that impacted some of the other bands say anything for a little bit had uh Max Bemis had his own label offshoot where he was like kind of guiding bands. A band that I really got into off of that was called Tallheart not too long after they had done a tour with say anything, they broke up and I never really heard anything more about the label offshoot. And then Max, the singer of say anything just kind of stopped talking about it in general. And he eventually switched to a different parent label anyway. So I I do wonder like how some of those big band label signings eventually impact smaller bands that maybe they're friends with or, Mm -hmm. um, just enjoy Ludo. I mean,
0: fuck, man, they skyrocketed. They got their own Broadway show. I mean, off Broken Bride, "You're Awful, I Love You" was big. I mean, it was huge. I actually got the pleasure of seeing them at Point Fest, which is like a local radio show in St. Louis. They played that um, right after Story of the Year, and I was at. They put the stages side to side, of course, because it was in St. Louis hometown show. And I remember Story of the Year. Dan Marcello basically was talking to the mic and saying, you know, we're handing the reins over to Ludo. Like, hope you guys enjoy it. It was kind of a funny moment. And Ludo came out, and they had just dropped Your Awful I Love You, and they fucking crushed it. It was amazing. I think that was, like, the one and only time I crowd surfed, honestly, because I'm not a big (laughs) fan of crowd surfing. But that goes to show you, like, that's, oh, man, that was nuts. (laughs) It was a good time.
1: They put on an amazing show and they do. They got, they reunited for like a Halloween show a, a couple of years ago, I think now. Mm-hmm. Very and talented musicians, so, too.
0: Lead vocals are yeah, great.
1: Yeah. Oh, and the guitarist. Yeah. I mean, his guitar work is fantastic. Great solo player. Really weird to like watch play. He's definitely one of those guys who's just all about playing guitar and hitting every note. It's not like story of the year where the dudes are like playing guitar but doing backflips. It's like this guy has his guitar up to his chest and he's just playing it. And he just wants to be comfortable and be playing these high frets. And I've seen more and more bands have some guy like that. Uh, so definitely a stark contrast in St. Louis bands, but it's still really entertaining. To, when you see that high bass or high
0: guitar, you know that guy's probably the most talented bassist or guitarist in the band. <laughs> yeah, you're like,
1: this guy's about to fucking shred. This
0: guy's about to melt my fucking face.
1: He's got like long hair. It's wrapped up in a bun. He looks like he just walked off of a commune. <laughs> He's got his guitar up to his nipples. And you're like, fuck, that guy's about to sh- melt my face.
0: Then you got me where my bass is down at my thigh. And I'm
1: just like you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. On that That's note That's why I never I never got excited to see you play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> On that great great note, that great compliment Derek just gave me <laughs> Buddy, all right. So let's talk about Rap Boys. I'm so
1: glad that you have come around. We talked about this a little bit last week, and you were not really, really excited for
0: Rat Boys. It it was hard for me to get back into, and I think it was because I really did not dedicate. Because this album, first of all, this album requires you to dedicate the time. And the energy to listen to it honestly, at least for the first time, and then I enjoyed it a lot more, and I happened to read the lyrics while I was listening to it, which is also kind of new for me, but I had that dual screen action going. Nice. I got the mood lighting going in my in my we'll call it studio mm. office in the basement. Mm. got myself in the right mind. It was great. It took me on a journey.
1: This is an album that um was really kind of a turning point for me and the reason why is that for whatever reason, for a long time, like it's it's been really rare that I've gotten into bands that have female vocalists, and I don't know why that is. Um, I'm just being honest. I just sometimes, I don't know if it's like because I can't sing along to them as easy or what the deal is, but when I started listening to this record, I was like, okay, I love this band. Like, this is, <laughs> this is the kind of music that I wanted to hear. And this person being a female vocalist doesn't bother me at all. It's not even about, like, sing-along ability. Like, I still can't really sing along to these songs the way that I would like to. But I feel like every single one of these songs is kind of like draws me into a uh, space, like a headspace where I'm just, I'm able to think about the music, but I'm able to kind of expand that and just think about general things. Yeah.
0: Uh, I would say that I had a clear headspace going into this, and it I I feel like it went on a journey, man. I was kinda it was kinda nostalgic for me at some points. Um, I felt myself jogging through my memory as a kid and like rethinking about different experiences. While also reading about hers, while, you know, listening to the lyrics, reading them. It was in some ways kinda relatable as far as the feeling goes. Like I feel like I get this this atmosphere they're trying to put out there. Like I really enjoyed Honestly, this is what what did I say, second, third time I've tried to listen to this? And I'm glad that you've kept at it. (laughs) I'm thankful for that, Derek.
1: (laughs) Good. But really I I now I I know that I can be I can be pushy forever.
0: As as all the kids say today, good night, GN, I felt that. Is that what the kids say? I don't know. But that reminds me, we're talking about G N by Rat Boys, specifically. GN, um, which, and
1: it does stand for good night.
0: Yeah, in internet language, and that's what I'm taking it as, and, and I also no, read that, that somewhere. Is, but.
1: that is official. It is from their record label, Top Shelf Records. They have info on their website, and GN stands for good night.
0: Lovely. It's nice. Honestly, it is a good night. It's good night vibes, evening vibes.
1: Evening vibes, for sure. Although I don't think I have any of these songs on my Evening Vibes <laughs> playlist. Maybe that'll change. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Let me give a little background here. We got basically two core members. Julia Steiner, singer-songwriter, lead vocals. Dave Sagan, who's lead guitar and vocals. They met in the fall of 2010 while attending Notre Dame.
1: What's right. College. That's right started making music together
0: yeah great music is what it turned out to be
1: and you know they did some of that stuff released some demos did the things that new bands do got a record deal with top shelf records gn is actually their second full-length release off of top shelf records
0: AOID is the first one, right? AOID is
1: the first one. And if there is an internet lingo for that, I'm not sure what it is.
0: I'm lost. I I have no idea.
1: (laughs) I am too old. Although if they were going to Notre Dame, that was their first year in 2010, fall of 2010, then that would put them at the same age as us. At least they met at the same time that we all graduated high school. Um, So maybe I just wasn't that hip. I don't know. I like to think that I wasn't, I but, was not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, GN is great, and you know, when I was digging into Top Shelf Records, do you know who else is signed to Top Shelf Records? To be honest, love? I
0: have no idea.
1: Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you a band that we love. Okay. And you're going to be surprised, I think. Because we've, co- we've covered them. It's a great big pile of leaves.
0: No way. Yeah. Seriously?
1: That's the same. Yeah. What same a cover, label. too. A great big pile of leaves. One of my favorite records of all time. You're always on my mind. I was hoping you would like finish my sentence for me. It's you're always on my mind. Oh, sorry. Have you seen my prefrontal cortex? I think came out and that was the first time that I had seen them. They were touring in support of that album. And then they released You're Always on My Mind somewhere around like 2012 and I think I might have caught them that time as well. But I was really really surprised to see them on this record label. Another band that I noticed was Braid, super big indie artist. Um one of my favorite songs by them is called No Coast. And uh my okay. wife hates that song. Empire, Empire used to be on this record or on this record label.
0: Wow, I've heard of them.
1: Yeah, uh, My Heart to Joy used to be on this record. Sorority Noise, Sorority Noise. They're coming you, back from a hiatus. You blew it. You, me, and everyone we know. Those were all bands it. that used to be on this record. Yeah, they used to be. Okay, on I had no idea. Top shelf records.
0: I knew at least six or seven of those. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so really cool. Um, I love A Great Big Pile of Leaves. It says they're still a member. A Great Big Pile of Leaves hasn't put out music since, I don't know, 2012. Hopefully that changes. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can kind of see now where I was uh, super into Rap Boys. And actually, Rap Boys has toured with one of the bands that we covered earlier on, Free Throw. And they've oh, yeah. also toured with Pinegrove.
0: Ooh, Pinegrove would be a good show. I mean, that's like
1: that's right Rat Ratboy's show would be a fantastic show.
0: Perfect. So they recorded this album at Atlas Studios in Chicago. One of the cool things that I um I watched the so I watched the Audio Tree live, um, which they do an interview and play four or five songs from the album. And one cool thing that I picked away from that was that Julia had said that it took them about two weeks to record this record because they had rehearsed it so much, they went in knowing like what they wanted to do. And another cool thing was that she said before they did AOID, the album before this, she had not played an electric guitar live. And she had only really done it just like playing an electric guitar. So she felt like going into GN she had a lot more ideas of how she wanted to it to play out, I guess live, which is cool. Like she's learning and it was just cool to like, kind of hear that, that little information. It honestly is kind of like, it's something we can learn from. <laughs> I,
1: I remember watching that. I, it's been a little bit since I've seen that. Mm-hmm. And I do remember finding that point really interesting. She was like playing this Rickenbacker guitar, uh, super Rickenbackery looking guitar. and She was like, yeah, I'm just kind of learning how electric guitar works in comparison to acoustic guitar. And um, everyone that I knew growing up that wanted to learn how to play guitar always wanted to transition to electric like as fast as possible if that wasn't something that they started on immediately. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And it explains a lot about Rap Boys. One of the things that I did when I started learning acoustic guitar was really just try to play pop, pop punk songs on an acoustic guitar. I feel like it really um reinforces your ability to have good rhythm parts. And I feel yeah. like it's the same for Julia Steiner. For sure.
0: And then it um I guess they eventually they picked up a rhythm section too. There's four pieces now. Four right. piece band, so Sorry.
1: Julia Steiner and David Sagan they started playing music together and it was just acoustic music. And then eventually along the way, they picked up Marcus Nuccio and Sean Newman. And I believe both those guys are in the audio tree live performance. Yeah. Um, And it's cool. I mean, to see like an acoustic duo be willing to really open things up. Cause sometimes you see acoustic duos who are, like, so dead set on this is our thing. Like, we're just doing acoustic music, and we need you for, like, recordings and live stuff. But you're not going to really be involved. But it seems like those guys are really involved, you know, at least in the, the processes of, of songwriting. Um, maybe it only extends to the intru- instruments that they play, but... Right.
0: Well, in the audio tree, cool you find out see. that you find out that they're all into SpongeBob. So that probably has something to do with it too. I think.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they like took a DVD player with them on tour or something. They're just watching yeah. SpongeBob.
0: They had the first like three seasons, and they were like, "We're we're getting ready to tour this album because it was the day they had re- they they did the audio tree on their release show day. So they had a show that night. In Chicago, and they were like, "Yeah, we're just doing audio tree, and we're already packed up for tour. We brought a DVD player for the back of the van, and we brought seasons one through three of SpongeBob." And I was like, "That sounds like the best van tour
1: ever." <laughs> it just seems super laid back. It Seems like a cool group of people, right? To just play a show with. I find it really interesting, like you know, for them to tour with Free Throw, who those guys are known to love to drink. All the time. Right. And then, you know, Rat Boys is just like, no, we're going to go to the back of the van and we're going to watch SpongeBob. <laughs> when I ripped my pants. Oh, my God. What a great episode. I thought that I knew everybody was by my side, but I went and blew it all sky high. I so bad. I
0: so bad. And when I don't even get
1: a passing glance. And all because <laughs> I ripped my pants. I'm not gonna ask you what your favorite when episode Big is because Larry came around just to put him down. SpongeBob, SpongeBob turned into a clown, and no one ever wants to dance with, with a fool. fool who went and ripped his SpongeBob. pants. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this from the episode probably. No, don't. Leave what, it in. What were you going to ask me?
0: Leave it in. I wasn't, I, I was going to say, I'm not going to ask you what your favorite SpongeBob episode is because we were going to go on a probably a deep rabbit hole. My
1: favorite SpongeBob episode is uh, when they do the Bubble Bowl. Bubble Boy? Bubble Bowl, not Bubble Bowl. Oh, Bubble Boy. Bowl.
0: Yeah, 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 Bubble Bowl. I thought you said Bubble Boy because that was another episode.
1: I, I had that on a uh, video now. You remember those? Like no. a little, you had a video now as like a video player, like in black and white only, and you'd like put these. It was basically like, a dude, I tape. do
0: remember those. Oh my god, yeah. yes.
1: I had that episode on video now. It's like wow, the only episode I owned.
0: Dude, my favorite was the jellyfish when he brought it home as a pet, and they had that um, dance party and all the yeah. disco lights and them dancing. <laughs> I could do the whole thing, but
1: <laughs> yeah, they had like a rave and SpongeBob's pineapple. Awesome.
0: Speaking so, of yeah. that techno, though, let's talk about like the sound overall of the album. Like, what did you? Do you want me to go first?
1: Um, I for me, just laid back. You know, it's it's a really laid back sound, and. There are certain songs that pick up a little bit, but it's always really clean guitar. And it has something that I have just loved since I was like, even like a preteen teenager, even at all like my pop punk glory days. When bands just put in that like slide guitar, that really reverby, clean, country sounding guitar, mm. it sounds really cool, man. And Rap Boys does it so so well so so well other bands that I've loved that had that was um, Fountains of Wayne had that Uh, The Weaker Thans had that I want to say Pine Grove has had that and there's definitely been more bands like in between but Those bands, Tallheart, had that. I I talked about them earlier. Yeah. Um, Those bands, there's just so much feel in those songs. That's why I really get into them. It's not even about just like that sound, I don't think. It's just about the feel. Yeah,
0: that that twangy twangy slide guitar is, when used well, it's lethal. This has been a PSA.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Lethal.
0: No, that I I lethal really...
1: that lethal <laughs> bottleneck slide. Going off of that, um
0: kind of a little fun fact that she if you watch the audio tree, you'll you'll catch up on all of this, but I, it's just something that adds to the sound. She said that a lot of her influences came from powerful feminist solo figure. So we're talking, and she mentioned a lot of 90s country. So she mentioned Shania, Faith Hill. But one thing that she mentioned the most was the Dixie Chicks. Um, I can't forget the name of the album. I forget it. But she said that she really loved that album. And when I watched the audio tree, and this is after I had initially listened to the album, like sat down and listened to the album front to back, I was like, man, that. I mean, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Because sometimes when I was hearing things, I was like, it's got those like. If you ever hear their cover of landslide, I don't know if it's on that specific album, but it's oh. it's got that that vibe. You to don't
1: it. you don't even have to explain. <laughs> the landslide cover is. The landslide cover mm-hmm. is really good. Oh, really fantastic. good! Probably one of my favorite covers of all time. I I love the Fleetwood Mac version. Don't get me wrong, the Dixie Chicks version is fantastic. And um I remember my mom being a super huge fan of the Dixie Chicks and listening to those songs and liking them as well. Goodbye Earl, whenever you kept telling me about Nice's uh new EP or new song today. Free Earl. Earl in it. Yeah, Free Earl. I just kept thinking about Goodbye Earl by the Dixie Chicks. Which Goodbye, is a great song, Earl. If, which, if you haven't heard it, it's great. The Dixie Chicks kill Earl. Na,
0: na, 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 na. Goodbye. Like All right, let's just, the rest of the podcast is just going to be me covering Dixie Chicks. Let's go.
1: We should do a Dixie, Dixie Chicks episode. We should. We should do a Dixie Chicks episode. Although, didn't Chicks they get, episode. like,
0: not canceled, but didn't people hate them because they said they hated the president or something?
1: Yeah iraq war you know very controversial at the time they're back now for sure i mean they were still good they're still talented it doesn't matter
0: yeah politics politics great so (laughs) getting back to the album gn i would say Good, good night if you're going going into the Rap Boys, um, overall this album has a lot of melodic tones, which is a lot of reviews you'll read mention melodic. It's very obvious, but it's good. I think it's it's tasteful. Um, she's very so, very.
1: Um, I you know on this note, are you? I don't I don't want to ask such a like a grandstanding opinion right up front, but I kind of do. Go ahead. You told me last week that you like. Devil's Printer more than This album Is that still the case?
0: Oh my god I I don't want to eat my own words but It kinda is, yeah I think my issue was When I went down to listen to this album A few times, I kept getting distracted Or losing interest Hmm I think for me, I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this album front to back no matter what, and it, you, you just got to get in the right mood. You have to clear your schedule, you know, eliminate all interruptions, get in your own headspace, and then just vibe. And okay. that's exactly what I did. And reading the lyrics for me, which I'm probably going to try this on future album reviews personally. That helped me understand and feel the music a lot more because I was re- more or less reading a story but hearing like a live audio version of it as far as the instrument instruments go. It was great, man. I I really like this album. I'm glad you kept hammering away on it because I'm probably going to be trying to force it down everybody's throat that I run into. Mm-hmm. Sorry, forcing it down everybody's ear canals, right?
1: You can't <laughs> swallow sound, or can you? Maybe, if there's not a person around, can you swallow a sound when no one is there to hear it except you yes yeah
0: that's that's how that goes that's how, I remember. that's how
1: that's how sound works, I think I'm glad that you have reapproached this record, but I still prefer this record, and probably for all the same reasons that you don't prefer it, where it's just everything is a little bit calmer, and everything is just a little bit more of like a laid back record. And that's why I like it. I have so much pace shoved in my face all the time with a lot of the music that I listen to. And when I come to Rap Boys, I don't necessarily want this upbeat pace all the time. And so when I have GN, I'm kind of going to pick that. I feel like they do it better than other bands might.
0: You know what I hear when I listen to them? Some things I heard last night. I I started jotting these down. Jotting these down. I had a computer in front of me. I had a notepad up. I started typing these up as I was listening. And as I heard them them. typed. Yeah. Same thing. Jotting down a thought. Whatever. (laughs) I heard. Do
1: people still jot?
0: I don't know. I still jot notes. I guess at work because I kind of have to. Yeah. All right. You jotted. But at some points, I heard a lot of like band of horses at least i think i did as far as the slow picking finger picking um and i heard a lot of modest mouse too with like the guitar he was playing like his solos oh. and how messy and how raspy it got i heard a lot of modest mouse which I'm a big fan of both of those bands. I also, for some reason, wrote Fleet Foxes. I'm going to mention that one, but I honestly don't agree with that anymore, and it's only been 24 hours since I made that note. Yeah, that would be wrong. <laughs> I No, you know what? F- Fleet Foxes in their, in their folky sound, you know what I'm saying? Like the finger-picking, there's not so much gang vocals in uh, Rap Boys.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I think those are some solid comparisons. Modest Mouse, Um, I really, I really like them. Maybe we'll do one of their
0: albums because I want you to listen to one.
1: Yeah, so I'm not crazy familiar with Modest Mouse. Modest Mouse and Franz Ferdinand came out about kind of the same time, and I felt like they had similar sounds, and they both had this like stylistic choice of kind of the same thing as the Killers, where they were all kind of doing this like pre. I don't know, like, they were, like, doing this 30s, pre-30s genre kind of, like, clothing options and things. It made them weird to see. And I couldn't help but, yeah. like, get over that when I was listening to their music. Because, as I've said in past podcast episodes, I used to always watch the music videos. So if you go and watch a Franz Ferdinand video, a Modest Mouse video, um, it's, like, all these dudes and like, old style suits and top hats and fancy mustaches and shit. And, um, that wasn't yeah. cool. Like at the time to me, I just, <laughs> I thought it was weird. Are you,
0: uh, are you familiar with the Smiths? I assume. Yes. So their guitarist, Johnny Marr, eventually joined Modest Mouse in 2006. And he did, uh, we were dead before the ship even sank with them which is probably the album I would probably pick for us to listen to maybe a different one but Johnny Marr from the Smiths is in the in Modest Mouse so maybe you can kind of hear his I guess you, like his work cuz I feel like he had a, a uh, decent hand in crafting
1: like or crafting writing their their new records I I will have to give them a shot I mean if you if you're saying it's worth it I'll I'll definitely give it a shot
0: mhm I hate to dig up the Smiths because I feel like whenever you talk about the roots of the genre with anybody, they always got to throw the Smiths in your face. That's just a personal <laughs> pet peeve of mine.
1: But <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, you know, <laughs> if I, my sister's listening, she might agree with me. Everything comes from somewhere. Right. But Right. Right. Exactly. But at the end of the day, you, you also do your own thing. And so that's kind of where rap boys comes into play. You say they remind you of modest mouse. Mm -hmm. Maybe they do uh, a little bit, you know. Yeah, maybe not for me. But um, for me, this album does a great job of just kind of bringing you in slowly. For sure, man. So yeah, I
0: was gonna say let's talk about let's talk about the first the opening tracks, first
1: three or four. Okay, let's talk about the first two because I feel like they have a similar pace. Molly has like a 30-second intro that kind of brings you in, and it's just weird radio nonsense. Yeah. Does it it turn you off? No, it it kind of
0: piqued my interest. Not in a, a, oh, my God, this sounds great, and more like a, what the hell is this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Molly, for a long time, was like the song for me before I really got into the full album, I was like, well, I still really love Molly. I share a lot of the same experience that you had, where it was like, I could kind of zone out listening to this. So there's 10 songs on the record. I might get through three. And then I'm like, you know, I'm just going to think about something else. I don't know. Like sometimes that would happen, but this is an album that's kind of interesting because where in a lot of albums i might recommend that you start front to back this album i feel like you can kind of start where you want to start and there's like a few different starting points and then listen to it through the end from that point so like if you, you wanted to start on crying about the planets start there and then finish with peter in the wild peter the wild boy if you want to start at Wandered same thing if you want to start at Molly maybe you get lost in it a little bit midway through but still try and complete the album if you can I think starting
0: side note I think starting with Dangerous Visions and going all the way and ending with Crying About the Planets that's the way you should listen to the album
1: so going from like 6 the 6th track to number 5 yeah yeah Okay.
0: Either way, I I that was one of my notes here. It's funny you mentioned that the the track order for me it wasn't bad. I was just like this is an interesting way of doing it. I and it's good. It's definitely good. But the way they ended it too, but we'll get to that later. But yeah, the first two tracks. First Molly's two tracks- Molly's definitely a good opener. It's definitely a good opener.
1: Yeah, I like Molly a lot. I really like the bridge, like, ending solo kind of thing. And they do really cool stuff with the dynamics on this album. Lots of loud, quiet, you know, noise. Lots of clean. The guitar solos are interesting, and the vocals are always still tame.
0: Right. Molly almost samples all of, like, everything you're about to hear, I want to say.
1: Yeah. That's... That's that's a a good good description. Elvis is in the freezer, you know.
0: What a track, man! Did you read the? Uh, do you have the fun facts on this one?
1: I don't. Give me the fun. Okay,
0: facts. so I I happened to so when I was as I said before, I was reading the lyrics while I was listening to the album. Something new for me. And when I googled the lyrics for Elvis in the freezer, I came across. An article and I forget the album or the, the uh website, I hate to not give them credit. I'll have to look this up and maybe like post it later or something on Twitter, but um Julia had said that this was about her cat that had passed away. And while she was at college, she came home for Thanksgiving break and her parents were like, Don't go in the basement, Elvis is in the freezer and like that's really sad right right that's i see the look you're giving me but what she said is honestly i just kind of made light of it i was like that's kind of like a funny thing like a you know it happens like your pets die and she was like obviously it's very very sad but that's kind of something that stuck with me and they wrote a song about it elvis is in the freezer so it was kind of a funny line to her (laughs) what do you have to say about that
1: I don't think I can listen to this album anymore.
0: <laughs> but that's that's the thing is she was like talking about how like be like a lot of the songs like she doesn't want them to be seen that way. She wants them like to the, to be like triumphant. Like the silver lining or like it's a funny lyric. And it was funny because she kind of laughed it off. <laughs> Because she gets, she probably gets the reaction you're giving me right now all the time. And believe me, I had the same reaction when I read it. I was like, oh, uh, that's kind
1: of sad. This is an interesting fun fact. I don't know uh-huh. that I described it as fun. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just a fact. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: what she said about the song. I'm not going to deprive the listeners of the facts.
1: No, now you've made me so sad.
0: All right, well. We're done with the podcast here. Let's <laughs> cut it off. Thanks for watching, <laughs> listening. Sorry.
1: No. It, that's uh uh, uh um uh, what do I say? Well, if you watch What do I say? It's not cool. Great fact, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> well, if
0: you watch the music video, it's a, basically about it's in in reverse but people comforting their friends or comforting the people during you know times that they would obviously need help or some consoling or some support emotional support so it kind of all ties together that's cool it's really fucked up believe me i trust no, me i, I, mean, I, I honestly I... I thought about well should i even say what i read about this song but i th- no. i mean it's an in- maybe not fun fact interesting fact
1: no that's cool um And it's interesting, just the way you describe it, if you've ever had to put an animal down, it's not the same as, like, when your family member dies. Like. Well,
0: ooh. I need to add an important detail to that story. Okay. In Louisville at the time where she grew up, it had been raining a lot, and her parents could not go out and bury the cat because the ground was too soft. Like, you don't want to do that. So they had put him in the freezer, and she had come home for break, and it just happened to... So I I don't think their intentions were to, like, stuff the cat in the freezer and, right Hey, your cat's in the freezer. There was, there was some underlying circumstances that all, they couldn't do all it. All <laughs> that I'm
1: trying to say here is, like, there is a grief to putting down a pet. Absolutely. That is really hard to convey to people who didn't have pets or um, did had pets, but just they hadn't put down pets in a while. I mean, it's just different when your dog dies or something. You go into work the next day and it's just like, hey, how was your weekend? Yeah, I had to put down my dog. Oh, Sorry. But like if a family member dies, you know, like if you went into work and it's like, yeah, I had to bury my dad. They're like, yeah. They're like, "Oh fuck. I'm really sorry to hear that. Is there anything that I can do? Like, you know, I hope that it wasn't too sudden. How are you feeling?" By the way,
0: why are you here? You should probably Yeah, be at home. you should
1: just go home. Like don't worry about it. But like losing a pet I I haven't lost my dad, so I I guess I can't say that it's not similar, but I've lost family members and I've lost pets and it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not fun. So for me to know now Elvis is in the freezer is about a dead cat. Shit. Well, for for her, it's obviously,
0: yeah, exactly. Obviously for her, it's a coping mechanism. And you know what? It means it means it's more sad for her, and if that's how she wants to deal with it, that's fine. Yeah. It's also a good song. I
1: I enjoy the song. No, it's a it's a good song. It's a big part of this album too. So I will have to listen to the song again knowing that information.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the next two. West Side and Control. What'd you think of these tracks? Um i to be honest with you, I don't have many notes written about West Side. It was a good song um control though I listened to this song and heard the lyrics and kind of understood what was going on a good, very good song, but again, she goes back to that that like triumphant dark like lyrics. I don't know how to describe it. She throughout she keeps this theme throughout the album. And it's not all like it's not all depressing and sad Nemo. And There's great songs on the album. But this is another one of those tracks that really stuck out to me when I first listened to it, like for real, for real. And I heard the lyrics. It was a good song and it it's kinda 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 eerie and then triumphant. It's a happy ending.
1: These two songs definitely have more of an upbeat tone for me. Control especially, it's a nice build. West Side um, does a lot of cool stuff with the dynamics. Just when they say West Side. West Side, the lyric, is highly emphasized. Super, super cool. Then they do Control. And um, it's like really fast-paced again. And then you move into crying about the Planets
0: i have another background story for this one that i found crying about the d- bleeds uh control no control okay i another thing i for some reason i was hitting the jackpot on these so apparently julia's little brother paul almost wandered into a in the direction of an oncoming train when they were kids and somehow some way he just turned around at the last minute and didn't wander onto the tracks and her she basically quoted her dad and said that he said that this solidified his belief in angels. I thought that was really interesting. So, if you go back and re listen to the album where it talks about those, um, uh, something, something hands snatch him away from the tracks, I was like, oh, that makes sense,
1: dude. You're another thing that I found you're about to change my whole perspective on this record that I love already. <laughs>
0: Well, this is all, keep in mind, man, when I, I again, this is the, I'll, I've said it five times now, this is the first time I decided to search lyrics and read along with the music, and in those searches for the specific songs, I, it would be like third or fourth link, interview or Julia says such and such about song, and I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting stuff, all or right. it was even video. sometimes.
1: I am enamored with you right now. Just go ahead. Yeah. I'm just here to listen. <laughs> go for
0: it. <laughs> No, let's talk about the next two. What did you think about uh, no, crying about the you said there the was another and...
1: thing about control. You said there was another thing. Another thing about you what? You said there was another thing about control, and I interrupted you just to express my excitement. No,
0: no, that was it. That, that was it. I, that was, it. It was the story behind it. I just happened to stumble upon what Julia had wrote the song about. Okay. Which was her little brother, okay. Paul, basically almost getting hit by a train and then at the last moment turned around for some unknown reason obviously like that
1: chris rock movie yeah except chris chris rock dies in that movie i think yeah crying about the planets what fun facts do you have for me
0: crying about the planets so this one was also it was um (laughs) check this out so on audio tree she mentioned that this song was written about douglas mawson which was uh I believe he's part of a group of Australian explorers that happened to go to Antarctica in 1911 to basically claim ban- land for Britain and on that journey um basically everybody died except for Douglas Mawson who I believe he survived. This is she happened to stumble upon this gold on Wikipedia is what she said on Audio Tree and I love it. Douglas Mawson, last one alive in Antarctica. Here's where you're probably going to get sad again, Derek. He, in order to survive, he wouldn't give up. He had to eat each and every single one of his dogs, one by one, to survive. And he made it out of Antarctica. And this song is so fucking dark, man. And at the end, it's it's got this weird triumphant upbeat, like she's trying to bring you back. But the lyrics are just like, they're dead, they're gone, they're dead, they're gone. And that's where I... that This is the part of the album where I was like okay, I want to listen to the rest of this. Like, what is she on? Where is this coming from? And I happened to watch the audio tree live after that, and I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. So she was stumbling through Wikipedia, basically was reading random articles. She said she likes to do that before she falls asleep or whatnot. And I happened to come upon this article about Douglas Mawson, and you can look it up on Wikipedia,
1: 1911. (laughs) I don't think I want to talk about this album anymore. (laughs) I don't think I want to talk about this album anymore. That was the saddest shit ever. We discussed doing. That was so sad. We
0: we discussed GN and doing this album, and you wanted me to dive in and research it. And that's what I did. You dove in
1: so deep. Dead dogs, dead cats. I I'm not making this them. up, guys.
0: That's why I'm. I was really excited to. I was texting Derek today. I'm really excited to do this album, because I had found all. I found. I hit a gold mine. I was like, I'd love to share this with people. Maybe this will get people. I know it's really sad and fucked up shit, but there's people out there like me that like that kind of is like. I wanna hear what that sounds like. Like what does that sound like? And I happen to just be forced to listen to it. Apparently Derek had no idea. Yeah, I
1: had no idea. And I just <laughs> love this album. And now I'm gonna be listening to this album and I'm going to be like, wait a minute. This isn't all the nice relaxing I was this is what my plan was this evening. I was gonna do this podcast Liter- with you. And then I was gonna go downstairs and draw a nice hot bath. And put a bath bomb in and listen to this album and relax. You still and need to do that. now I can't do that.
0: How did you listen to this album and hear Crying now, About the Planets? Now I'm going to third go and verse. hug
1: my dogs for the next three hours. Maybe let them sleep in my bed. And for
0: everybody listening, if you listen to Crying About the Planets, a song I just talked about, that's about Douglas Mawson, this explorer who ate his dogs one by one, on the third verse... The first line is literally, ate the dogs one by one.
1: I thought that was referring to, like, you know, (laughs) people.
0: And then at the end, she's like, now they're dead, now they're gone. (laughs) I'm pretty sure this guy was really fucked up when he got back from this exploration, this expedition.
1: I'm fucked up just hearing you describe it to me. Dangerous. I am reluctant to continue this podcast Dangerous Visions. What fun facts fun quote unquote do you have for me?
0: All right, so let's talk about Dangerous Visions. This this song very slow to start off and to me the end had like a Nirvana sound to it. Oh, kind of like a Alice in Chainsy type. Oh just with like maybe maybe more with like the the guitar tone at the end and with the messy feedback but i kind of i yeah. nah, 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 nah. it's
1: <laughs> no you're you're not you're not wrong it's definitely like very grungy and i feel mm-hmm. that way about their follow up album printer's devil fuck i feel that way yeah. about their follow up album printer's devil it's super grunge very '90s influenced. Let's talk about the next two then. Wandered and GM. Wandered was the one that I tried to convince you was gonna be something that maybe sparked your interest last week. You know, if you wanted something, maybe you weren't into the traditional rap boy's sound. Wandered is the one that's kind of more offbeat. What'd you think about it?
0: For sure, I for me it it reminded me of a '90s a good '90s hit. More more 90s It's like I, I don't know why I got this like This weird Like 90s You know like The 90s playlist I feel like if you Snuck in Wandered by Rap Boys Nobody would notice It would sound like Like a, maybe The Cranberries Or something it like that It has a very know?
1: like Sex and candy vibe
0: Hmm. Nice bluesy sound Got that twangy guitar And then that guitar solo After the second chorus is so good and then he goes in they go into a groovy bridge like right after that or I saw. feel
1: like wandered like is really just a better like if you if you had issues with the rap boys album with GN when you get to wandered it's just kind of like okay well here's something totally different for you and if you still don't yeah. like us then this is not the album for you anymore, and we're not the band for you anymore.
0: Wandered was, I don't think it was my favorite song on the track, but it definitely is one of the better ones. Um, And I think you suggesting me to listen to that to maybe get more into them probably helped a little bit. I think Wandered was a pretty good song overall. And it's not something directed
1: at you specifically but yeah. just, you know, anybody who might listen to this and think, I'm not into this, so maybe I'll listen to Wandered. For sure.
0: I definitely heard right when the song starts, I definitely heard that nineties hit, like those nineties one hit wonder bands. Which their Rap Boys is obviously is is not that, but it's kind of what it reminded me of.
1: No, I mean that's a great, great description that really I hadn't considered. It's true. I mean, and, and they remind me a lot of 90s bands, 90s grunge bands, so. Yeah. They're like an indie folk rock alternative thing, you know, but um, they they have that 90s vibe, for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think Wander's is where, for me, it came out a lot. Uh, what about GM? I mean, this is pretty much just sounds like a song that she wrote about their experiences touring and kind of hanging out with on the road and with the band and stuff like that. It's kind of the vibe I got from that. So
1: I'm guessing GM is the uh, internet lingo for good morning. Yeah. And what I really like about this track is the synth kind of thing that they throw in at the end. It really wakes me up in terms of the album. I think they did a great job. It's just straightforward acoustic track. It's got a little bit of like a synth uh, melody at the end. And that's always fun.
0: This, I would put this song in the same category as like a song, not in sound, but in the same category as a song like Betty. I feel like you could see this song being performed as a country single for sure. It's like a, it's like a feel good, like down home kind of has that country, like let's go cruise the dirt roads and hang out and do dumb shit with our friends, which is basically what we did. Not in the country. I mean, regardless, that's just youthfulness. That's that's the youth. They're rebellious. They the do girls, whatever the hell they want.
1: You bring the beers, and the troops will bring the freedom. <laughs> one, one thing I did...
0: <laughs> oh, I tried to just talk through that, but I couldn't. That was too good. <laughs> one thing I did want to point out with this song that I really liked um, is how she... I basically think that they nonchalantly like listed off an experience where they basically almost ran over a guy. Let me read the lyrics to you. I have them written down because it was cool. <laughs> spent New Year's spent New Year's Eve in Albany. Played a blacked out set at twelve fifteen. High five some parents. Slipping Jenny, sipping Jenny creams. Dabbed out on the deck with Corey Gregory. To the man we almost ran over that afternoon, I'd like you to form, I'd like to formally apologize. We turned too soon. Won't ever forget what we put you through. <laughs> just nonchalant. Hey, we were partying and uh, sorry about can that, I man. Can I just
1: say, I love this version of you and this podcast. What? I, I said, I love this version of you and this podcast. You are changing my life right now.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: doing what That's I can, That's fucking man. hilarious. I appreciate that. Amazingly, Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of that time hey, that we had too many drinks and then we went to the McDonald's. Leave that for another time Yeah for sure
0: But yeah for like when I heard that I was like "All right, this is something We could write you know this is like Just her just like here's a bunch of stupid shit And not even stupid shit Just stuff that meant something to me Or some stuff that that I hang on to It was kind of like Her just like yeah this is what I did over the past Couple years touring with the band And I thought that was really cool And they made it a song and it's catchy
1: yeah, I mean <laughs> um I don't know. I'm going to have to look at lyrics a little bit more closely moving forward because this is fantastic <laughs> eye opening.
0: Well, it's not for every band like, you know, with her, she has her that's that that is what fascinated me the most about Julia Steiner is the way she writes her lyrics, which I'm I'm not sure if I should give all the credit to her cuz maybe her Bandmates sometimes had a hand in writing stuff. Sure. But it seems like overall, she does a lot of it. And they're overall, they're really clever. And not only that, they're just, it's well written. It's not just, I broke up with my girlfriend. I'm so sad. And like, you're typical. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very, it's creative. It's colorful.
1: No, I I agree. I 100% agree. And I've picked up on little pieces of that. But I guess I I had never really tied all this stuff together as just being. It's a very, like, um, intro, plot, peak. It's, like, very good story writing. For sure. And
0: and she definitely writes lyrics for herself and not for other people, and that's what I respect about her. Yeah. If it interests her, she writes a song about it, and it's most of the time probably good, I would imagine, based on what we've seen.
1: Oh, man. I'm really excited to draw this Beth tonight. Let's talk about the record and Peter the Wild Boy.
0: Okay. The record. What did you
1: think about the record?
0: I, I have nothing on the record except for it's a nice little love track. And the finger pick ending that she throws in there and the lyrics, very well written. I'm not sure who the song's about. I think I even texted Derek about this at one point when I was listening to it. And we, I mean, maybe it's a love song about somebody in the band. Maybe it's somebody at home that she really cares about. But it's definitely a love yeah. song, and I really like it. Or maybe she just wrote it just to write a love song because it seems like that's her theme throughout this album. Uh, like "Wandered," for example, she was like, "If I ever ran away from home, this is how it'd feel." Note: I've never ran away from home. <laughs> but yeah, the record, a love song, and it's good. Nice little touch.
1: Yeah, this is a record of my life, she says. That's the opening line. Really cool little song that really takes me back into the album just when I'm listening to it. Um, because it does have those moments where it, it every time that you listen to it there's always gonna be a song that you like a little bit more. And the record has been that song for me sometimes. And sometimes, you know, it's wandered and sometimes it's GM, sometimes it's Peter the Wild Boy. And um the record. It feels a lot like a song that could close out a show pretty well. Maybe get you kicked oh, yeah, into a sure. show.
0: Or maybe just the slow, like slow dance song, like the intermission, like yeah, slow Maybe ballad. you've
1: already kicked it up and you just come back down, and you play the record. And it's just Julia. <laughs>
0: She's probably trying to lift your spirits cuz she knows she just played crying about the planet's four songs ago. Well, so, most
1: of her fans are like me that didn't know that dogs were being eaten <laughs> in Antarctica.
0: What about Peter the Wild Boy? What'd you think about that I one? I love Peter the Wild the, Boy, dude. There's a story behind what that one. What a
1: fascinating too. song. Fascinating story. Yeah. So, I assume you looked it up. I did, and I'm assuming you I, did too. I have Yes. So it's about this kid um who grew up in Europe, right?
0: Yeah, I, I kind of view it as a folktale, but
1: yeah, he grew no, up in the apparently forest. Apparently he really existed. Really? Yeah, apparently he really existed. He grew up in the forest he was a feral child. He had some kind of disability when he was born, which kind of implies that he might have been abandoned as a baby. And he grew up and he somehow survived in the wilderness, or maybe there was someone that helped him, but he eventually, he never became like a member of society. He was never able to fully participate. One of the things that he would do is hum melodies. He could could sing songs, and he could um, basically exist... I guess at the the help of people in Europe, you know, he he could exist within their society, but he was never able to really be like a normal person. But the musical element to him is kind of fascinating and kind of uh, an interesting lyric and an interesting song to write about. I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. What an interesting song, indeed. I I think uh, I think they scientists i guess or in modern times they've kind of claimed that peter the wild boy had Pitt hopkins syndrome which uh is basically something that messes with your sensory or anxiety or um adhd autism stuff you know stuff in that realm um
1: yeah he was but yeah someone that was definitely like on the spectrum he had The reason that they did that, I remember reading about this, is he had certain facial features, just people had painted him. He had certain Mm -hmm. facial features, and he had certain, like, hair textures, and particularly his lips that made him believe that he had Pitt-Hopkins syndrome. Um, Yeah.
0: He basically was just a satirical, like, act... For a king in England is basically what I read. Basically, it was just put on show and people laughed at him, which is kind of sad. Oh. Which is probably why she wrote the song it really, about It's him. <laughs> really
1: sad. You know, um, it's horrible. Really, really sad. But also fascinating. Fascinating way to
0: end the album, too. What a strange sadness you have to feel for a kid who calls a tree mom, basically. In her words.
1: Peter the Wild Boy is probably my favorite song on this record.
0: Oh, man, that was the questions we were going to ask next. I know,
1: and I want to jump the gun because I think it is my favorite on this record. I've spent a lot of time with it, and Peter the Wild Boy gets stuck in my head all the time, just when I'm out and about. Um, And I feel like a lot of that is relatability, just the fact that this person may have existed there's evidence that someone like this existed and sort of experienced a life that was less than satisfactory in comparison to the things that we might feel it it feels relatable and i have a lot of sympathy and when i listen to this song i feel that sadness and that sympathy and it feels very pure and it feels mm-hmm. like a fantastic way to end an album yeah it it's almost
0: triumphant i keep using that word because they said it a lot in a lot of the reviews but she i think that's what she was going for she was like i want to pick these really sad scenarios but they have you know triumphant endings it's not she doesn't want to like make everybody sad she's just calling attention to these right
1: it's it's human beings stories. that have prevailed through yeah times that were not so fantastic
0: and that's that's what I would say is the overall theme of the album.
1: And Peter the Wild Boy, just sad story, dangerous visions, crying about the planets, Elvis is in the freezer.
0: I'm almost scared to give you my favorite track.
1: I'm curious.
0: I don't want to be judged for this, but my favorite song off the album is Crying About the Planets. That's that's the one that pulled me in. And I know it seems really fucked up because of the story I told earlier, but it really does. She does a good job of, and a lot of people are probably going to listen to this album after hearing what we just talked about in the story. She does a really good job with taking a, such a really fucked up situation and kind of adding a silver lining, like an underlying tone at the end of the song and the way it gets so messy at the end and the guitars come in and if you watch audio tree she's having a fucking blast playing the guitar to this song and i that's where one of those things where she said earlier i never really played an electric guitar live and you saw her play that song she's she's got it and she's having so much fun with it and i think that's what really got me into the song is when i watched the live audio tree session i think that's what solidified my taste For crying about the planets We
1: talk a lot about dynamics And we talk a lot about Clean tones And how cool they can be This is a song that It's not really about dynamics But it goes from being super clean To by the end just really fuzzy And messy Yeah, And just straightforward It's the longest song On this album Uh, It's almost six minutes long And I know that you say, like, hey, you're probably fucked up for, like, that's your favorite song. But I will tell you, their most popular song, on Spotify at least, is Elvis in the Freezer.
0: And most people don't know what that is Oh so,
1: <laughs> And the third most popular is Peter the Wild Boy, which I think is infinitely sadder. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because...
0: Crying about the planets, at least he survived. I know it's messed up about the dogs, but I mean, he survived. And even in the if you listen to the song and the lyrics, he says, I can't quit. I know people think I'm going to quit, but I can't quit. And I found myself not in the situation where I had to eat my dogs or I was dying in the Antarctic, but I found myself in that situation a lot, and I feel like I can relate to that. Like, And you know what's funny to me is the beginning of this song is so peaceful and so soft-spoken, but what's going on is so not. But I feel like it's kind of representation of like how he feels when he's by himself and he's doing what he's got to do to survive and then he gets back after surviving and I feel like that's why it's messy at the end because his head is probably just like exploding like all this shit just happened. How do I process all of this? I think she captured it so well.
1: I am very very fascinated by the story. I'm going to have to look up This story a little bit more as I draw this bath. Are there any closing thoughts? Crying about the planets is your favorite song, that's cool. Um, I one hundred percent agree in that song being great. I think this whole album is great. We didn't really talk about it. GL, sort of like a sister EP to this album. Yeah, good luck. Companion EP. Good luck. Companion, You've Changed, is on there. Really cool song. I recommend that people check it out. They also have the 8-bit version, GL, which I think is really cool if you're just looking for something a little bit more offbeat. But, you know, outside of that stuff, as far as GN goes, is there anything else about this album that stands out to you that we feel like we haven't really talked about yet?
0: No, I pretty much covered everything. I was really excited to talk about everything, and I, got I it love
1: on. that you were excited to talk about this album because it—it it literally, like, if you just listen to our last episode, it's—we, I almost had to like bait it out of you, like, you know, <laughs> you're like, I don't, I just don't know what to say about this, like, dude, you didn't like it, and that's okay, but now here we are, it's been a week and you realize the greatness that is rap, boys.
0: I missed out. I missed that train, but luckily I caught the next oh, yeah, one. I
1: haven't missed it yet, yeah, man. I mean, this album came out in 2017. <laughs> really, 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 right, really, yeah. really good album. Still worth listening to. 2020 Printers Devil came out. Absolutely worth listening to.
0: The best part for me is it seems like these people are kind of about the age we are, and I feel like it helps me and you relate to them even more, but sure pretty cool i mean it's pretty good stuff to put out when you're 28 29 30 27 whatever i mean that's hell of a start it's hell of a journey keep it going i'm excited
1: yeah man um i love this record i'm excited to listen to it again it's just been a long time obviously i listened to it a little bit in preparation for this but um Now I get to go into it with a whole new mindset because I've never really dug into the lyrics like you did today. And I think it'll give me a new perspective.
0: I hope everybody that's listened hasn't listened to this album and they happen to stumble upon this first for whatever reason. I hope you enjoy the album even more because it gives you something to think about. And I'll definitely be taking the approach that I just did yesterday, two days ago. Again, because I feel like I enjoyed an album a lot more.
1: Yeah, no, I I think that's a great new approach to album listening. I think that I might adopt some kind of new album listening now. You know, in the past, I had always done front to back. Maybe after I've done a front to back, I might dig into the lyrics a little bit more and do another front to back for sure. All right, man. Well, um, this has been a lot of fun. I want to tell the people for sure. Please follow us at the breakfast rock podcast. It is at breakfast underscore rock on Twitter. We are now on anchor FM. Um, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes as well. You can find me at the Baker man, two four seven, and you can find Tony at a new soon to be new Name. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say I don't. I I usually give out the bounce bombs handle. I was trying to be a video game streamer. Long story short, I'm gonna be changing the handle, and we'll give that out shortly. But and we're on Instagram too at breakfast underscore rock as well.
1: That's correct.
0: Once COVID kind of dies down a little bit and cools off, maybe we'll be more active and get out and do some stuff on Instagram.
1: <laughs> For sure. Well, we can get together a little bit more, a little bit easier. But anyway, yeah. let us know when you get that new. Twitter handle, and for now, thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll see you next time.
0: For sure. See you guys.